Happy Friday, everybody. If I sound a little down, it's because this is the second time I'm doing this. I spoke previously about today's episode for about 38 minutes, and it was some of the best audio you're never going to hear. It was the best 38 minutes of my life. And it's gone. Something screwed up with the SD card. When I put it in my computer, the file wouldn't open. It said repair the card. I repaired the card. The file opened. Fantastic. With 15 minutes of audio. 15 handsome, golden-throated minutes of audio. But that's not what I did. I did 37 minutes of beautiful, great podcasting. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put out half an episode and then try to remember the second half and sound weird. Um, I'm starting fresh. I'm starting over. And it's still fresh in my mind because I, I want to say I just finished watching episode four, season 10. See, look at me. I'm already screwed up. I've already finished watching episode 10 of season four, hands and knees, but I didn't. I watched it. I finished it about 45 minutes ago. And, uh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Here we are, talking about it again. But let me tell you something. It was a great episode. The episode opened up with Roger. Um, he was in his office, and Joan came in because uh, she needed to tell him something discreetly. Turns out she's late. Not late for work, not late for a meeting, but late. Joan is pregnant, and Roger is like, how can this be? Are you sure? And Joan was thought she meant, what do you mean, are you sure it's yours? It's it's only been, I haven't been with anyone else. He's like, no, are you sure you're pregnant? Her husband's been gone for seven weeks. There's no way, excuse me, there's no way it could be his. It's Roger's. And I'm going to stay with the story because uh, that's what I did last time. So hopefully this audio works. Um, see, Roger's like, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. I, I, I'll take care of it. You have nothing to worry about. So they go to uh, Roger's doctor's appointment, doctor's office, and the doctor is just a jerk to them. He's berating them. He's lecturing Roger. How could you do this? You ruined this poor young woman's life. And she's, he's right there in front of her. And he's like, don't talk to me like that. And, you know, the, he's like, you're almost my age. This is despicable that you, that you would do this. And eventually he's like, okay. I have a doctor. I have someone who will do it. He doesn't live in the city. Um, it's going to be $400. Then he throws the pad of paper at Roger. He's like, I don't, I don't want this in my handwriting. He's so ashamed of this. He doesn't even want his handwriting to write down where he, where he got the information. He doesn't want this doctor to know this or anyone to know this. Because this doctor's handwriting is so friggin' famous that, you know, if anyone knew about it, oh, what a, what a, what a terrible, um, uh, I can't even think of the word. I'm a little shook up because I... I'm doing this for the second time. So if I sound like I'm a little dejected, it's because I'm a little dejected. Uh, oh, my God. That second half of audio was so it was so choice. Um, let's just stay with the story. So after the doctor's appointment, Roger and uh, Joan go to that little diner that they go to to be secretive. They have a conversation about, you know, different options. Roger's almost like, you know, he's like, I, I'm falling in love with you. He, he was like, let's just get together. 
I and then he's like, you know, maybe uh, your husband could die, could die in combat. And Joan didn't freak out at this. She wasn't like, how dare you say these things? She was like, you know, that wouldn't him dying was, is not the solution to our problems. Um, and Roger's like, you could you could raise it. You could raise it as your own child. He goes, it wouldn't be my child. And Roger, damn well, Roger's not going to take any responsibility or, or you know for the actual child. He'll help out with the abortion, but not the child. And he's like, what do you want to do? And Joan's just like, I'm going to take care of it. And I had to be honest, when I first heard that, I thought she was saying she's going to take care of the child. I was like, oh, wow, this is a big, this is a big step. But she just meant she's going to, you know, take care of it, if you know what I mean. And Roger's like, okay, I, I, will, I, want, to, I want to help. And when he said, I want to help, at first I was thought, wow, he wants to help raise this kid too. But no, it's, it's, you know, Joan is going to get an abortion. And Roger wants to help. He wants to drive her. He wants to do something. She's just like, you know, don't worry about it. I think he, he pitched her. Maybe he paid for it. I don't even know if he did that. Um, but she goes off to the abortion clinic and she is, um, she is, there's a woman there with her 17 year old daughter, uh, who goes in for an abortion. This woman's, you know, upset. You could see, and she's talking to Joan a little bit and she's like, you know, I was 15 when I had her, her myself. I can't, uh, you know, I, I have no regrets, but she's just so young and. Joan's complimenting her. You know, she's very pretty. And the woman's like, she is, she is. And then she says to Joan, how old is your daughter? This woman just made the assumption that Joan was a mother there with her daughter who, quote unquote, got in trouble. I think that's how they used to say it. Oh, that her daughter got in trouble or she's on a trip to Paris, you know, because she was off having a baby. I remember hearing all these weird cliches of how, how people um, spoke about it then. Um, uh, and Joan, without a beat, she just kind of looks at her and said, she's 15. She, I don't think either she didn't want to deal with the judgment of this woman or she just didn't want to, uh, you know, I think it was that. I think she just didn't want to deal with this woman. Just don't, she just want her judging eyes on this, on Joan. She doesn't need that. So she's just like, she's 15. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she does see Roger later in the episode, actually towards the end, I'll get there. Um, so... Meanwhile, while this uh, while this procedure is going on for Joan, the abortion, I'm not afraid to say it. I would say the procedure, like I'm like I'm covering up. While this is happening, Roger is uh, you know doing what he does best. He's at a client luncheon, drinking, smoking, and eating with the uh, the the jerk that got Sal fired from Lucky Strike. But the thing is, this guy this time the guy from Lucky Strike goes to pay the bill. Roger's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Listen, we need to talk." Lucky Strike is moving on. They've, you know, the, his old man is now incapacitated. Um, so I guess this guy's the board, and he are running things. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, the board wants to consolidate everything: one client, one flat rate, one firm. And Roger is getting visibly and, and angry. He's like, "You're trying to kill me? You're joking? Why are you doing this?" You can see Roger's like, he's like almost grabbing at his chest a little bit, just like upset while he's smoking and drinking and eating. Um, he's like, you can't do this. He slams on the desk, on the tables, like after 30, 25, 30 years of this client, you know, of our relationship. And the guy's like, you know, you inherited this, this from your father. He didn't say your father. He said, you inherited this account. Um, but it obviously it must've been from his dad. And Roger basically pleaded and begged on his hands. And he was figuratively on his hands, his knees hands and knees there you go there's the title hands and knees it sounded so much better the first time i said it um trust me but he was like uh 
you know, you can't do this. You got to give me 30 days. Please give me 30 days to at least put my affairs in order. I thought he was saying give me 30 days to win you back. I wasn't sure if it's just 30 days to try to cover up for the losses so that when he brings everything to the partners, he doesn't look like a complete F up. Um, and finally, the guy's like, fine, okay, I can do that, 30 days. So Roger goes back to work, and he's going through his Rolodex, and he's calling people, probably calling any client he can try to get his hands on to drum up new business. Um, but he's, like, talking to this one person, and the first, I don't know if it's the first person, but this person, the guy he's trying to connect to is dead. And I think that was kind of a, like, a, a figurative way of showing that, you know, Roger, all these guys that Roger work with, they're either retired or they're dead that old news and Roger's kind of old news. And I remember them saying at one point, you know, Lucky Strike is the only big client he has left. I think Pete was pissed at him at something uh, and he was angry and it was, it was Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike was his thing. Uh, and besides, without that, you know, what the hell was he? Um, and I think that came up with the, during working with the Japanese and, and Pete getting really pissed at Roger because Roger didn't want to work with him because of the war. Um, so Roger's angry and that's when Joan comes in and she's like, uh, you know, everything's taken care of. I'm fine. I'm fine. And you can see just, he just becomes a puppy dog with her and just like, it's, he really does care for her. That one, I feel like he does. He's not just an a-hole to her. He really does care for her. And it's almost like, would they be better off together? I mean, look, Joan has a husband, but remember he friggin' raped her right in Don Draper's office. He forever is shit to me. Um, and you know, Roger is no, is no knight in shining armor, but he's always had a thing for Joan, you know, from his first wife to his second wife. He's always had a thing for Joan. Uh, maybe she'll be his third wife someday. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but if they ended up together, I, I don't think I'd be angry at that. I'd almost feel like that's, it feels the most right for Roger out of everything. Uh, but then they're like, um, you know, we need to go to a, a, a partner's meeting. And he's like, oh, great. Because of the whole Lucky Strike thing is, is on his mind. We'll get to the partner's meeting later. I'm going to rewind now to um, Don Draper. Don is uh, gives a quick phone call to uh, Betty. And I have to tell you something. Betty Draper in this episode, I give Betty a lot of shit. And um, she's one of my most un- disliked characters on this show. And she was perfectly, she was great in this episode. Uh, she didn't, she was supportive. She did the quote unquote right thing is, or done, she did right by Don. She was a, a happy mom and uh, she was, you know, good to her kid's dad. Um, it started right at the beginning where Don called for Sally and she's like, all right, Sally, your dad wants to talk to you. And Sally seemed a little apprehensive because of, um, probably because of what happened in the previous episode and her running out in the, in showing up on the train. I'm still recording, right? Imagine if I, if I lose this one, man, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, but she puts Sally on and he's like real happy. He's like, you know, I, I miss you. I, I'd like to see you. He goes, do you want to, uh, maybe go out together Sunday to go see the Beatles at Shea stadium? And Sally loses her mind screaming. And he's like, you don't mind if I wear earphones, earplugs, do you? Oh my God, daddy. Oh my God, daddy puts, he puts Betty on the phone, tells Betty. And she's like, she had a big smile on her face. She's like, you better th- you think your father, um, 
and she was like really uh, she was happy. She seemed happy for her daughter and happy that her dad was that the, the, the Sally's dad was doing this. Um, and so I thought that was really nice. And Betty is she's not done. She's not done being good in this episode. Um, so Don. Oh, wait. Why don't I talk about Lane Price, too? See, I, I like to go from char- I like to stay with characters, but there's a little Lane Price story that kind of feeds into these things. Um, Don goes to a meeting, but we'll get there. Uh, Lane Price ha- is there with a um, Mickey Mouse doll and some balloons, and he's going to meet his son. His son is coming to town. He hasn't seen his son as well in a while. He's very excited. And instead, there's an old man there, and he's like, he sees some clients and like, oh, they, they joke about them bringing the balloons for him. And he introduces them. Client man A, client man B. It's not important. This is my father, Reginald Price. I don't know what his name was, but something like that. And they, you know, he talks to his dad and his father's like, I've come to take you home. He's like, what? It's, it's time for you to go home and get your house in order. Um, he's like, I'm not doing that. He's angry. I'm not doing that. If you came all the way, you're wasting your time. Do you want to at least get some dinner? Do you have any plans? And dad's like, well, I do now. Uh, they go into, he goes into the meeting with uh, Don. We'll get to that meeting in a little bit. And he says, hey, can you come to dinner tonight with me and my dad? He's like, ah, I might have plans. And he's like, please, it would be a huge favor. I, I take it like it's a gigantic favor. So he ends up meeting Lane and, and the dad and Don end up all going to the Playboy Club. The Playboy Club is like this cheesy, sexist um, club of the 60s and 70s. I think, I don't think it lasted any longer than that. Where all the women dressed up, you know, with bunny ears and and, uh, bunny tails. Uh, It's like, kind of like a quote-unquote upscale Hooters. You know, with drinking and jazz and and smoking. They had their own TV show, I believe. The Playboy Club or the Playboy After Dark. It was like a TV show about like the, the the nightlife there. And celebrities would go there. It was like a fame thing. But at the root of it, it was like a, you know, it's just a, a cocktail bar. But people dressed up in, in, as Playboy bunnies. So it was a little sexist. You know, like um, like Hooters where the women dress up. You know, not very unsimilar. Just on a, I guess, a higher, quote-unquote, class level. Probably because it was more money. Um, and Lane seems to be a member there because he has a key. To, um, they, I guess they say, you know, the waitress is like, do you have a key or are you borrowing a key? He's like, are you an owner of keys? I'm the owner. So Lang must come there a lot. And then we realize why he has a favorite waitress. There's an African-American woman that he come talks to. And he's like, I'm sorry, we couldn't get in your section tonight. This is my father and this is my colleague. And she's like, Mr. Price, not, no, I, can't, I can't really talk right now, but thank you. Um, and, you know, Lane was, he's, just, he's like, she's the best waitress here. You can see he was smitten with her. And uh, we know why, because um, a little later in the episode, Lane, Lane's dad comes out, comes over to his apartment. And who's there? But the same girl. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get there, Lane shows up at Playboy Club later and to see the girl. And I'm thinking, oh, is he stalking her? Nope, nope, nope. They're boyfriend, girlfriend. And they kiss. She's like, what are you doing here? He goes, I paid money to get in. He wanted to apologize and he wanted to see her and he wanted to, to spend more time with her. And he wanted to be with her. And he says he loves her. And she said he loves her back. I don't know how long this has been going on, but he's got a young lady. And um, he's, he seems to be really happy. And she seems to be really happy. And then later on in the episode, the dad comes up. He's like, I want to, let's all go out to dinner. And the girlfriend's there. 
And the dad's like, well, I'm traveling tomorrow, so I can't really go, but you guys go ahead. And he, he's like, okay, fine. Uh, you go on ahead, dear. And he kisses her right in front of his dad. And I'll be right down. And he's like, say it. And basically, he's going to say, you, do you like her? You, do you not like her because I'm happy? Or do you not like her because she's black? Um, and he, the dad just, bam, slams him upside the head with, a, with his cane. And then there's Lane down on his hands and knees. Hmm? Again, literally. Roger was figuratively on his hands and knees. Lane is literally on his hands and knees. And the, then the dad comes over and steps on his hand and says, you, will, you are to go home and get your house in order. He said something like, you know, whether, I don't care if you do it here. If you do it there, you need to get your house in order and straighten your family out. Um, and do you, do you hear me? And Lane's like, yes, sir. He's like, did you hear me? And he's like, yes, sir. And uh, then later on, like, I guess whatever he, the dad did, the dad obviously is abusive and always has been. And Lane still deals with it. Lane's like in his 40s, if not older. And he still has to deal with this stuff. Um, he, at that same meeting that uh, Roger was going to, that partners meeting at the end, Lane's like, you know, um, I'm going to be taking two weeks vacate, two weeks leave to go deal with my family. I shall be back. But our finances are in good order, um, even barring the news that Pete has. And we'll get there. Um, because they don't know about Lucky Strike and anything else you can defer to Mrs. Harris. And Roger starts laughing at that meeting because he knows the ridiculousness of what's really happening because of Lucky Strike. And what's that Pete thing that we're talking about? Well, this all has to do with Mr. Don Draper. So um, that meeting, those clients that met Lane's dad, that meeting they had that um, that that Lane asked Don to go out to dinner that was uh, with North American Aviation and they are having to do deal with something to do with the government and it seemed like a candidate and this was the uh, big client that Pete pulled in back in California when Don went AWOL for a while um, that's uh, when he went off and hung up with those hippies and then went to go see Anna, Anna Draper All that was when Pete was nailing down this client that are bringing in four million dollars a year and um you know, so that's Pete's baby. I think that was one of big Pete's big selling points coming over to, to um, SCDP. Is that what it's Sterling Cooper Draper Price? SCPD. Um, DP. So the thing is, is, this is a government company. And out of nowhere, Betty Francis gets a knock on her door and his two G-men show up. And they start they say, we need to talk to you about your husband. He needs some government clearance and we need to interview you for that. And they started asking her questions about, like, uh, what magazines does he read? What newspapers does he read? Is he, uh, have you ever heard him being um, anything, allegiance to the, to the Communist Party or the Russian government? And all these questions that are just like, you know, that she's answering truthfully. And then he's like, is your husband who he says he is? And she's like, I'm sorry, what? He goes, it's just standard questions. And then she had to start lying and saying, covering for him. So, because he's not Don Draper, he's Dick Whitman. So he gets Don, Don gets a call in his at his office from from Betty, you know, saying these things that he he's upset um, that these had to happen. He's like, "What did you say?" She goes, "I didn't say anything." And Don's freaking out. Don didn't know anything about this. And then all of a sudden, he's realizing, "Oh my goodness, they could be thinking. They could be listening right now, trying to get learn more about him." He's getting paranoid, so he starts talking to Betty like, "Thank you very much for this. I understand. I appreciate this. I apologize for any inconvenience." And he said, "And Betty." 
thank you because Betty covered for him. You know, Betty's one of those people that knows the truth about him. Um, and he's freaking out. He's freaking out. So he goes to Megan, his secretary, and he's like, um, you know, was there anything that any government thing? And she goes, yeah, that happened a few weeks ago. You signed it. He goes, I didn't even see it. He goes, I gave you the papers. You should have told me. I showed you the papers. Oh, you should have told me. I, I, you know, what he does is he signs things. And he is freaking out because now the, he signed something to the government to do a background check on him. And he's not who he says he was. He is. He lied. He's a deserter. Um, so he's like starting to panic. He goes to Pete and he's like, listen, I need to talk to you. And he starts talking about the, the thing. And Pete, the thing is, Pete knows the truth about him. Remember, Pete found the box and Pete tried to blackmail him. So Pete knows, Cooper knows, and Betty Francis knows. But look at that. I call her Betty Francis. Um, they all know. Uh, Pete, Cooper actually used it to black, to kind of like, kind of blackmail him into signing a contract with, um, with Hilton, if you remember that. Uh, and Pete hasn't done anything with it. Pete tried to use it to blackmail him. Nothing, or Pete tried to use it to, to finish him. It didn't work uh, because Cooper ended up using it. So that's why Cooper didn't mind because now he had the knowledge. So Don goes to Pete and he's like, to, explains the situation. And he's like, don't you know a guy there? Can't you kind of squash it or, or you know put an end to this? You can do, and he's like, well, you could always run the, the company without me, I think. And Pete's like, no, 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 I'll figure this out. Um, so... Meanwhile, he's like, you know, upset in the office. Faye comes in to say hi to him and she sees that he's upset and sees that he might be, looks like he'd come down to a fever. So she said, let's bring you home. Brings him home and these two guys are out, are near, in the hallway and they look like G-Men and Don is like panicking, trying to unlock his door. He's starting to shake and they're like, excuse me, do you know the, you know, the Wilsons or whatever? Don's like, no. He goes, is this 102 Waverly? And he's like, nope. Ah, sorry, we had the wrong building. And they leave. It was just a mistake, and I, they had—they weren't G-men. They weren't looking for Don, but Don started freaking out and having a panic attack, thinking he's going to have a heart attack, a panic attack. He is freaking the f out, and um, Faye is like, "Calm down, everything's going to be all right. You know, you're not having a heart attack." And um, he goes, "You know, let's relax, relax, relax." She gets him to relax. He ends up, t you know, falling asleep, waking up. She stayed. He's like, "Thank you for staying." Um, and she's like, "He goes, I don't know what that was," and she goes, "I think you do." And um, those men, um, or maybe I'm saying that out of order, but uh, that's, you know, she did say, I think you do know. And he finally just told her. He basically said, I, I'm tired of running. He goes, when I was in the war, um, a man was killed in action. We got mistaken identities, and I just continued to live as him. She's like, well, maybe you can go. You know, you were young. You were scared. You, we can go ask for leniency and maybe they'll, you know, slap on the wrist. He's like, I'm a deserter. That doesn't go away. Or statute of limitations. There's no statute of limitations for a deserter. Um, but now Faye knows. It took Betty, took him 11 years, and Betty had to find the secret and confront him for him to be, to tell the truth. With Faye, he just, either he's really tired of running or he trusts her that much. Uh, but I thought that was a big kind of thing for her to tell him. And you can see he's like, he's just so freaking done with this. Um, a little while later, Pete shows up at his apartment. He's like, I didn't want to do this at work, and I didn't want to do this over the phone. I don't want to give you an update. And then he sees Faye, and he's like, oh, my goodness gracious. He said, um, look, the paperwork didn't get very far. Um, so if we squash this now, no one will know. And Don's like, we got to do this. We got to squash it. He goes, just tell them we, we, we're going in a different direction. So Pete has to take his number one client. And say arrivederci to them because Don can't risk being caught. So Pete, who at one point blackmailed Don 
or tried to black tried to use this against Don is now helping Don probably because the the, the firm itself um, is in in Pete's livelihood is relying upon Don um, but now he has to squash a client and he has to take the hit because at that same staff meeting that uh, that Roger went to and Lane uh, said he's taking a leave at uh, Pete shows up and says, um, I have some bad news. There was a glitch in the paperwork that I screwed up on and North America, North Atlantic uh, aviation or North American aviation, um, could not see past it, could not see past my error. And they've taken their business elsewhere. They're leaving us. And Roger freaks out. And I don't think he would have freaked out as much if he didn't just lose lucky strike, but he sees that this client is gone. Uh, Bert got angry. He's like, well, how did you let this happen? But Roger's like swearing at him like he's dropped an F-bomb and they edited it out for some reason on the Netflix version. Uh, I, I assume the DVD has it. He drops the F-bomb and they're all kind of like, whoa. And Bert's like, you should apologize. And um, that's when when Lane said, I'm going to take a two-week vacation, but our finances are in good position. Roger started laughing, ha, 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 because he realizes, shit, without Lucky Strike, we might be screwed. Um, and then Joan... He's like, all right, let's go over all the clients. Uh, just a quick summary, Lucky Strike. And Roger holds his thumbs up like everything's okay with Lucky Strike. But in the end, the one good thing that did happen was that uh, when Don went back in his office, his secretary is like, you know, everything seemed to work out. I apologize for everything, but I, I wanted to make sure that you got these. These are from Harry. It's the Beatles tickets. He has the Beatles tickets. So at least he is getting to go see probably one of the world's most famous concerts, Beatles at Shea Stadium. And that is how the episode ended. Hmm, I'm a, I'm a little over, I'm almost at 26 minutes now, and I'm like, wow, you know, I've talked about this episode a lot, like more than you know, because again, the other the other version of this is long gone. If I lose this, oh my god, it is going to be. Uh, if you're hearing this, thank goodness, thank goodness. Um, I think I've covered everything in this episode. Hands and knees. Don was never really on his hands and knees. He was almost to the point of panicking. Um, Roger was was figuratively on his hands and knees as he was begging um, the the guys from Lucky Strike to give him a month. That same jerk who got who got Sal fired. They they chose them over Sal because Lucky Strike was such a big client, and it's really Roger's Roger's lifeline. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do with this. He's had, he had a bad, uh, bad, bad couple days. I think losing Lucky Strike, and then you know having to have his 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 quote unquote girlfriend or his um, mistress or whatever, you know, pregnant with his child and ha- they're having to deal with that. It just I'm sure it's been a little stressful for him. It, when he did leave that dinner party, that that luncheon, he did take a nitro, nitroglycerin pill and put it under his tongue um, because we don't. He doesn't need to have another heart attack, um, but. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if anything comes up with Pete and Don. You know, Pete was pissed about this whole thing. There was a scene with him and his wife, um, and she's very pregnant, and he got to feel the baby kick, and that seemed to make him really happy. But he's just like, how can people go through and lying about things and getting away with them? And his wife is nervous, like, what? He goes, no, no, not, nothing to do with you, dear. It's something at work. He didn't say something at work, but he's like, I don't even want to bother you with who it is and what it is. Uh, you know, this is Pete, the same guy who, when his wife went away, went over to the neighbor's house and banged the au pair. Let's not forget that. Um, so Pete is not, even though Pete had a 
good episode of being a good person. Um, he is a flawed man too, and he is not, you know, a hero in any respect. Um, but in this episode, he did fine. In this episode, Betty was great. Um, but, but, you know, the one thing, oh, even, even when she told Henry, she's like, I don't want any secrets in this, uh, marriage because she knows the last marriage had a lot of secrets in it. Um, and she's like, I don't want that with you. She didn't say, I don't want that with you, but she's like, I wanted to tell you that. He goes, oh, you'd have to be upset about that. He goes, maybe someday you'll, um, you'll, you'll be answering those same questions about me. So they were all, they were all good in this episode. They didn't bother me at all. Um, where am I? Uh, but I, oh, I keep trying to, trying to get to it. Is this going to come back and, to haunt Don from Pete? Is Pete going to hold this over his head? Is Pete going to need some kind of, some kind of, uh, favor or something, some kind of payback because Pete went above and beyond and Don owes him big time. And Pete's not that kind of person who's going to forget it. Um, Joan, I just hope that, you know, she, she always puts on a brave face. She always tries to keep it together. She's always so perfect and always so posed. I hope she's doing as good as she says she is. Um, I wonder if her and Roger can actually have a relationship, a real relationship. I wonder if her husband is going to ever come home, and if he comes home, is she going to be there waiting for him? Interesting, 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 interesting. Uh, and then Don, you know, Don told Faye, is he really? Is he going to come out and say his name's Dick Whitman and just be Dick Whitman someday? Is he really that close to Don, to Faye, or is he just tired of talking about it? Uh, and I hope that Beatles concert was good. Uh, and, you know, again, what's going to happen to the company now that they've lost two clients, or they're, they're about to lose Lucky Strike, and they've lost North American Aviation? Even though they, uh, you know, Pete had to did this only to cover for Don. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I've covered everything. Uh, and if I've forgotten anything, you should have heard it the first time I did it. It was great. So, my friends, I'm not going to take long here. This is my second time doing this tonight. I just want to say thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys for being consistent and sticking with this. Uh, you know, we our numbers aren't huge, but they're very consistent. And that makes me very happy. And it makes this feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile, that I'm enjoying myself. Uh, you know, I had this idea about a year ago um, to try to allow me to finally watch Mad Men um, to turn it into a little project. And I think it's been a lot of fun and um, I can't wait to, you know, keep going. We're, we're, we have plenty to go. We have, you know, this is the almost the end of the first year, but we're not even, what are we, a little over half? We're over halfway there, right? Because we have four seasons now, we are, we're almost halfway there. Right? Eight seasons. We're almost done the fourth season. So I hope you stick with us. Um, and I hope to hear from you guys more. You know, I'd love to hear from you people. Um, my email is maidman at fansnotexperts.com. If you go to fansnotexperts.com slash maidman, you'll be able to click on the email. There's a link for leaving messages. Uh, every episode's there. You can find me always there. And we're, in, we're everywhere podcasts can be held, can be listened to. But you know that already because you're listening. Uh, the big thing is on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. I post every episode there. Uh, but if you reach out to me there, I will see it and I will uh, always reply. So I want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sticking with me as I continue this journey. I feel like I've done this already tonight. So I'm going to keep this short and I'm going to keep this sweet. Thank you for listening. 
Oh my God. I thought I lost all the audio again. This time, the battery on my recorder died. What a night. <sighs> Listen, I'm back. I'm talking to my phone, and I just want to say really quick, thank you for listening. <laughs> this is the third time I'm doing this. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing and coming with me on this journey as I strive to become. I feel like I've done this multiple times tonight. Here we go. I'm going to get this done. A made man. Good night. Fans not experts.